Hola film family, it's Isusko Garcia, aka The Time Scheduler, just wanted to say um, thank you all for listening, I'm going to be dropping one a week, feel like it will be Thursdays um, that I'll be doing them, because work is coming back slowly slowly, but normal life is also coming back slowly slowly, so um, five a day will probably not happen now for a little while. Um, as promised, um, this intro is going to be dedicated to those who um, dropped the most or the largest amounts of money for me to do the charity walk, which I did uh, last Friday. And it went well, it was tough. The last kind of five hours of walking were just insane. Um, but to Bugsy and Reese at Twice Pictures thank you so much that first massive hit of cash um, coming in really gave the injection getting close to that two and a half grand I wanted to get um, Jay Lusser Elvin Prentice Alan Hopkins Jack Driver Tony Crouch and then there's an anonymous who is part of this three figure club who I really want to know who you are and I'd love to say thank you to you uh, in person or just personally instead of just being anonymous um, but we smashed the two and a half K. We're nearly at 4K, so I'm going to leave it open for another week. So go check it out. Link in the bio. All the other shout outs at the end of the app. Let's get started. Happy? Yeah, let's do it. Here we um, go. I, you, so, is this video ever going to go out anywhere? No, the video won't go out anywhere. Don't worry. Okay, You're cool. fresh. Right, You're good. all good, though. <laughs> um, so, ladies and gentlemen, film family, welcome. Um, we're going to have an amazing podcast today. Another one. Um, I guess firstly, thank you all for listening. Thank you for keeping us in the charts. Uh, I got in my home in my hometown in Spain. We got the charts in there, so big up España. Thank you very much. Um, and we're going to talk to someone who I've had the privilege of of running with and working with, and just seeing how he works and the energy he has on set is just phenomenal. And also, it's going to be a nice one for me because it's going to be someone who has dreams and aspirations of doing things much you know it's like i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna speak for him because i want you to hear his voice so i'm gonna stop so thank you for coming on what is your name what's your role on the call sheet uh hey is this guy thanks for having us on uh, my name's atto yankee and on the call sheet um quite a few things second ad first ad director interchangeable so- I'll, and and that's and that's I was going to kind of lead in and exp- and have a chat about that before before you mentioned it, but I thought no, mm. that's best. I want to hear it from you. And also, that we'll talk about how you got in in a bit. But I just I just love the fact that you do those roles. Do you find it easy to interchange between the three? Do you sometimes you're on set and you're directing, and you're like, I'm going to do a bit of first, and when you're second, you do. You know, how do you put the different hats on? It. You know what, it just, it does come more naturally than you'd think. Like, especially, like, especially like the jumping from like first in to directing. Because mm. like when, when I'm, when I'm first in, it's like quite, quite a lot of music promos, like younger directors, mm-hmm. ambitious, like ambitious videos, no budget, not the rough resources, like not of crews, which is brilliant. That's like how you cut your teeth in it. But um, but I'm you know I, I tend to be the person saying no don't do that that's a bit silly <laughs> no of course you can't get a 16 year old to drive a car firing fireworks out the window like that's 
that's that's not going to happen in like in this environment but yeah. this is how we can make it happen blah, blah, blah. but as a director you'd think that I'd learn a lot from being a first AD mm-hmm. and um, and apply that but you find yourself writing a shot list and you're like okay cool so 60 shots we can do this like 60 <laughs> shots we've got 10 hours if we do like one shot every five minutes and then you but I suppose yeah the first AD thing does kick in a little bit because you like you step back and you're like look put your first AD hat on mm. um stop stop being stop stop thinking being so reckless obviously keep that ambition Mm. um but but yeah and then when I'm on set as well I'm you know I'm lucky enough to work with like some top first ADs um big up Andrew Vanek big up Christopher Riley as well who helped us on our shoot so Mm -hmm. because I I know them I trust them like um as a director then you know you can just get on and and do your thing and concentrate the job in hand and let let everybody else like worry about the logistics which at first was like a bit of a hard thing to do mm. especially when you're producing and directing your own stuff and you get into lunch oh, you time forgot and... to say producer in your intro there you go uh, yeah. <laughs> i mean i, I produce i produce because i have to yeah. like because like the a lot of the stuff that i've done is like uh is super low budget so mm. it's yeah it's um it's not necessarily through choice it's a necessity I think I'm pretty good at it, but um, like I make budgets go far, but I, I wouldn't ever want to be a producer. Huh. I don't. I don't think it's not really. It's not really my my vibe. Just um, but what was I getting at? So you're gonna have a lot of this. I, I lose my train of thought. That's okay. Um, I'd love to start uh, finding out then how you got in. So what's you know everyone has that little mo- like for some people it was like you know i was a teenager and i watched the film and i wanted to be in the film industry or there was a mentor that i had at, at college that do film. so what's your what was your starting point what was your seed to want to become in to to i guess want to become a director or an ad or just get into the industry um i think there's like two no like notable moments in my life like where i knew or like the, the combination of two and that like allowed me to discover what it was I wanted to do. Mm. Like one was when I was at senior school, remember doing a geography project and my mate Ozzy um, had a video camera, like a home video camera. And we decided rather than writing an essay together, we'd make a video. Nice. We submitted it. I think we got like an A for it. We just realized we've, we don't, we we don't need to write anything like <laughs> we can just start doing video essays so started doing video video essays at senior school instead of you know doing doing real work Brilliant. um i suppose it's questionable day but but do we do, do we do real work as a go um <laughs> kind of <laughs> <laughs> um but then like yeah getting into getting into uh, my sister went to the brit school nice. and she she was studying like media and music mm-hmm. and and she she moved away and that was uh yeah that was that gave me a lot of inspiration to like move into like i loved what just loved seeing music. her do it then or did you go to the school with it like how did you what how did that spark something so i always like loved music mm. like and um i did it wasn't until my sister went out and did that that it sort of registered oh hang on a sec like this is you know there's steps 
this is what people do. There's mm. steps towards like being in the music industry or being in the film industry. And it just made it feel like a lot more tangible. Mm. I think that's like really, really important. Um, and I probably like would want to delve into this maybe a bit later in the podcast and um, about the problems that we have with um, representation on mm-hmm. set yep. is because I think where where we lack in certain areas of representation, there's like if you're like I'm going to talk particularly about black and brown people, mm-hmm. like if if you if you don't have people in your life that you see doing that, like the movie industry, it just seems like a dream, doesn't it? Like mm. if you watch a movie on TV, there's no way that you'd ever imagine that you'd be involved in like an Avengers movie. But you know, runners runners on the Avengers set, like they don't, you know, you know they don't necessarily have um, a qualification or a particular like a specific skill set. Mm. It's just a lot of it's a lot of it's just like hard work using your noggin a bit of common knowledge and a bit of a passion to sort of be there so so yeah it's important I think especially at a young age to be able to for people to be able to see the kind of people they could be Mm. and the potential they could have so I think my sister did that for me like when I was younger have you told her um I don't I I I never tell her anything I never (laughs) tell her how amazing she is um, actually, I'm not sure if I told her. I do tell her she's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. Big up AC, Miss Yankee. She's a, a spoken word poet and an activist, uh, mother of two, and yeah, just an amazing, amazing. powerful human being. Um, there you go. So, you told yeah, her now. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs> love you, AC. Um, so, how did that, what, her sparking that in you, that, that kind of, or, or seeing that it was, it was possible? what was then your, what were your next steps? How did you, what, what was the, the process of kind of going, yes, I can do this to then doing it. So then after that, I was just like, I like saw my sister, like went to study like music and media. I was like, I want to, I want to work in music. I don't know what I want to do. I can't really play an instrument, but um, I got, you know, I got, I got a real vibe, like vibe and passion for it. And then I looked at like doing music at, at college um, and, and then they were like, oh, you're going to have to do a rendition of something. Like music production, you have to play an instrument. I was like, couldn't do it. And I was like, okay, cool. What else? Uh, media. Yeah. That seems like a good channel to go down. So yeah. I ended up going to college and doing media. There's like loads of like filming and editing. I remember like editing when we're using VHS decks. Love it. And go it. Uh, some people out there might not actually realize how old I am, but... When I was at college, we did linear editing, like from one tape to another. And I mean, just, yeah, we just had access to cameras, we used to go out and film mm. all sorts of shit. Um, and I just really got a passion for music video. I loved like Hype Williams at the time, mm. everything he was doing with like Buster Rhymes and Missy yeah, Elliott. Like the first like, million pound. No, that was Waterfalls. Didn't he? But he was like, Every time Didn't I saw Hype Williams, I, I just, I need a yacht mm. and I need a load of just sexy looking people to just dance around. You're like, okay, it's a cool video. That's it. That's, that was it. That was yeah. his treatment one page. I, that's, that, uh, yeah, I don't think you give him enough credit. It's not all about <laughs> sexy women in yacht. Like if you look at something like Buster Rhymes, give me some more. That fish angle lens and all those crazy costumes, set yeah. designs and colours. Like that, that was, yeah, that was a, a huge inspiration. Obviously, the Missy Elliott videos, like the dance routines and the production designs on that, mm-hmm. were just yeah, they were so epic. 
Um, so like he like I, I just wanted to get into like oh yeah, did he do Scream as well? Was that hype? Who did with Michael Jackson? Michael and, Jackson Michael and Janet Jackson. Jackson. Was it then? Yeah, it's wasn't got, that like fifteen million dollars? Do you, do you know the story could... behind how much? Why that cost so much? No, go on. Um, so, so it's just Michael Jackson not turning up. So imagine like Classic. imagine that production, all of the like how big that set was, like how yeah. much crew they must have been on that. And it was just like crew on retainer. They were just like turning up to the turning up to set, and then Michael can come to say, "Don't know." And then you just, and they just be there the whole day, and they'll be like, "Right, he's not coming. That's a wrap." And that's why it actually costs so much money. Not really, not, not because the sure idea like was amazing, it, or mm. as in you know, it was like a fifteen million dollar. It was probably like a million dollar idea to just spread over fifteen mm. days. They're like, "Mother," but he probably paid for it, didn't he? It's like where did this like some famous footballers when they don't turn up to for a for a sports brand or whatever they just mm. pay the pay the day's fee. It's just like how much is the day's fee? It's this. All right, well there you go, have that and a little bit more, and I'll, I'll turn up next week. It's not much of a penalty. I mean, I'd like back in the day, I would have waited around for days to be on the Michael Jackson video. Oh God, uh, times have changed, eh? Oh. Um, so, so yeah, so I just wanted to get into music videos. So I started like shooting music videos, went mm. to university. Um, like any time I could sort of attach a, a project to a music video, I'd do it. And then, and then, and then I think had it, like my first, my first ever experience on a set was just after university. And there was a director, he's still, he's still knocking about today, I think. Mm. Um, I hear his name pop up every now and again. He did loads of like grime, like sort of that interim between when before grime was really grime and it was like sort of transitioning from garage. So you had like people like Pirelli and Sway and all those, all those boys. Um, so he used to do a lot of those videos. And the first music video that we did, I think like there were three different artists over five days and I didn't get paid a penny. Wow. And it was, and yeah, it was late. Were you running on it? Yeah, running. Um, And it was, um, it was, do you know that, that studio, that, that, I'm going to say it, that really shit studio, like in East London. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you started and then you checked yourself and then it was like, I just saw the little hamster wheel kind of turn in your hand. You're like, can I say it? Can I? You can say whatever you want it's gone, on this. It's, 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 it's gone now, though, isn't it? It's not there anymore. It's moved or changed. Uh, but yeah, we we were there, and it was. Bef- I think it was before it was a studio. It was just a warehouse, and do you know, like going in, if you've ever shot there, like the access is terrible. You have to walk through all these warehouses where residents and shit live. Um, getting all kittens, fucking pain in the ass. But back back then. It was just a warehouse. There was nothing in it, like you know, bird shit everywhere, oh, water God. on the floor, and we had to, we had to, to get in. We actually got a, had to get a sledgehammer and smash down a wall so we could get in this four by four that was you being used. And it, like, you know, you could just about get a Rizzler between the wing mirrors <laughs> and, and, and and the doorway. And um, and then during lunch, I was just like exploring around. And there was like a weed farm, which was like inside the warehouses. They picked picked the crop already, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, and and then it just, next thing I know, it turned to a 
tend really, to, to be fair, that's a really clever thing. It's like, why are you using so much electricity? Oh, it's a film studio. You know, why is there so much? Oh, the lights. It's the lights. That's why it's snowing in December in the sea. You know, the roof's just, just actually. That's a really smart thing to be doing if you mm. want to be doing that. So, yeah, so like we, 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 we shot there for five, five, I think like maybe three days there with two yeah. different artists, another two days in another location. And yeah, just like being on set, I was just super curious. Like, mm. um, like I think most of us are when we first like, enter the industry, asking every department, what are you doing? What's that? What's that? You know, probably pissing off like more people than you, you should do. Mm. Um, but then off the back of that, I started like, um, do you know Spark Christian Hayes? Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he started getting me on jobs as like a like a bit of a an unofficial Spark trainee and stuff because I was I was like, what what's that like? Do what's that like? Do and then Robin Van Kalkar, yeah, remember yeah. him? Yeah, 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 Rots, yeah, yeah. You know, Dutch Dutch stallion. Um, I had seen him in a little while actually because he I used to run with him a lot and then he kind of created this like DJ slash runner run a DJ thing for when we were doing jobs with Tractor and they liked to have music playing. Um, yeah. And he was directing, so he, he was directing. Um, and it was yeah, great for him because, you know, so, Mike. Uh, Mike. Uh, Mike Simpson, I want to say. Okay. They called themselves Micro, as in Mike Robert. Clever. Micro Productions. Right? Nice. Um, so what did Robin, yeah. how did, did he just get you on jobs as well as a, as a, because you've, you've, so, you've done like producing, directing, running, mm. second and first in. You've been a little bit of a spark. I kind of feel like you need to do a bit of makeup and wardrobe. But you need to collect. You need to like finish the collection. I've done a bit of wardrobe. <laughs> I've been known, like you know, on 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 some sheets. But um, but yeah, like Robin. Robin was my really, and I I think like he was the one. I think after because he he always worked for this director as well, so. He was on Coolbox, mm. and then after that stint of like five music videos or whatever for zero money, I remember on one of those actually before I carry on, like we finished at like one or two o'clock in the morning, and then I had to, yeah, and then we had to be in the next day for like eight o'clock or something like that. But I, where I was living at the time, I couldn't physically get in because of the buses, and I, I just felt. I felt so guilty and I was so apologetic, like leaving, leaving this warehouse at like one o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to get in for call. Like, I'm not getting paid a thing. Got another like four days to go. Wow. And, um, and they were like, yeah, just chill, man. It's fine. Thanks right. for helping Thanks for out. Until and... one in the morning <laughs> for no money. Yeah. Sweet. Like rain machines in a bird shit ridden studio Well, warehouse. It wasn't. Yeah. It, and it even then, a, was, like that, even even with that kind of environment, you still loved it. You still wanted to come back. Is that is that yeah, the little ab, thing that ab, just it's like a switch, isn't it? You just get switched in the back, and you're like, yeah, you're for the industry. If you like this, click. There you go. You're in. I mean, I, I don't. I, <laughs> I was about to say I don't see what there is not to like, but then <laughs> just thinking about what I just said, bird shit, and and late hours, I yeah. Um, but yeah, you you, you got to love it, haven't you? Mm. Really, we don't so get this that, far without. Is that one of like the the a lightning bolt for you then that you knew that you wanted to that you were in the right place? Is that was it quite an early on thing? 
yeah, that was because after leaving university, I was still I was still actually torn between whether or not I wanted to um, be an editor or a director. Mm. Um, I edit as well. When I there you animate. go. Right, I think we've just hit double figures. So no, single figures, but I'm on my second hand. So I'm just, I'm counting all the roles here. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like the longest title. Normally I'd just kind of be like someone or other, you know, forward slash DIT. And now it's just going to be, there's going to be too many fucking job titles for you. I think just put does stuff. Just does I think that's the point. Doer of stuff. <laughs> does stuff. Um, but... Yeah, sorry, what was I saying? So Lightning Bolt. Oh yeah, so being on yeah, being on the set, like I knew straight away that I didn't want to be an editor. Like I didn't mm. want to be I didn't I didn't know wholeheartedly that I necessarily wanted I think like producer was still a like a, a debate at this time. Mm. Um but I knew I knew from that moment I wanted to be like on set hundred percent getting involved. Um so I just love about sets is just it's just like on our job is just like the collaboration mm. it's just so it's so good those lightning bolt moments that you had on set because you'd done so many of the other roles was there ever one that you were like oh yeah i do want to be a spark or i do want to be an ad or is it has it always just been that light at the end of the tunnel is directing and you've just you've tasted everything else because why not mm. well i like quite stupidly like at the beginning of working in the industry which I think is a very common mistake that the ranking doesn't go third ed second ed first ed director mm. it's like not how it sort of works but in the early days I just saw the roles and I was just like okay cool I sort of slip into that um and you got to see yeah you got to see every department after speaking Rob, Robin gave me a lot of advice he was like if you're if you're unsure then yeah just take take this route is the best way to like learn as much as you can. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think that sort of invaluable as much as I would love to have like sort of maybe started on dramas and get more mm. of a discipline and the structure mm. than you get in commercials the, to, to be able to like dip in and grab like, like nuggets of knowledge from all different departments have ac like access to the knowledge, but also access to those people. Like I'm, I've I've got friends from every department and and like all of those are on my Facebook and I'm sure like if you've ever fucking read my Facebook it's usually me asking for for odd and weird shit for my low budget music videos. Anyone got um, an inflatable flamingo? But it it needs to look like Elvis. And you're like okay. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, no, like one one that doesn't look as shy. I'm, I need a bold, <laughs> confident, yeah, like, like something like that. Um, and I'm really fortunate to have friends in like all those different departments. And it's not just asking favors. It's mm. yeah, just there as a, like a sort of a wealth of knowledge, like people mm. you can turn around to and get their opinion. And like going back to what what I love about being on sets is that sense of collaboration, knowing that you're working alongside some of the most skilled people like mm. in the country who are mega at what they do and to create something that not one of you could do by yourself. Yeah. And like, I'm, yeah, I, I think that is, is, is mad is absolutely magical. Um, does it change between being a director? You know, does that attitude change when you're being a first to being a director? So what was it like, you know, I, I, I saw it was it ended in the last year, beginning of this year, you kind of dropped a, a promo 
um that looked amazing i saw some of the stills and it was black and white and did, did that is that uh, yeah, that's what i did with jack carr me oh, and jack, lovely man aka mr mister yeah. um our directing duet um yeah that was um that was it was missing do you remember do you remember that trick um track by everything but the boy like mm -hmm. and i miss you yeah so yeah it was a it was a cover of of that song um and we didn't really have yeah we didn't really have any money didn't have like so we we couldn't really pay for location. We got just about had the camera mm. and managed to persuade this awesome dancer slash choreographer called Keats Katika. She's she's an amazing individual. I could yeah, I could, I could talk of another like half an hour, an hour, two hours about her. Um but but yeah, we just kind of had to work within our restrictions. We come up with this idea of um like the so the song missing is about uh a broken relationship basically mm. um if you haven't heard the song um but it's also like the 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 artist is like longing after the times which she'd lost in a relationship that was there and, and we 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 sort of figured that you know the destructiveness for hanging on and lingering and what's mm. the difference between love and lust and like addiction and how how like you know being in relationships can be like a beautiful thing but also they could come, become quite cyclical can't they mm. like you like if especially in a destructive relationship you can you can find yourself in the same spot being hurt again and again but you know, you know you're a sucker for it and you kind of yeah and you, you end up in like sort of trapped in a loop and and you, you have to like you know it, it's really difficult but you have to sort of First of all, before you can break that loop, you have to realize that you're in one mm. in the first place and then break free of that. So um, we figured out a way which we thought, I think it works. I think it was quite cool. Mm. But we just just did like, it's been like been done before again, but did like had this sort of groundhog like day thing. So we'd pick, we, I think we've picked um, in rehearsals, we Oh, we picked like um, eight bars. I can't remember how much, um, what the duration that we figured out. It took a lot of working out because some of the choruses and the bridges and like didn't have the same amount of bars in them. So we had to figure out like how to progress the dance, like how, like how short or long for this routine mm. to be so we could loop it throughout the video. Nice. Um, and it would fit sort of nicely. So I think I got ahead of myself a little bit there, but um, so figured out this routine with with um, Keeks, and the idea was that she'd move through this space and mm. ev and dance and make her way to this river, but every time she gets to the river, she you know, she just loops back to the beginning, mm. and we always use the same camera angles, the same framings, but the way that the story changed is as she kept on doing it, she started getting having a a realization that she's trapped in the loop and her dance moves even though they're the same they start evolving and changing and become more explosive and combative and they, she starts to try and fight to break the loop and then right at the end yeah she breaks the loop she makes it to the river and obviously water is a brilliant symbolization for new beginnings rebirth and all that stuff yeah, yeah. 
Um, and that was like the end of the video. Um, that where I can people see it? Like, hmm? Where can they? Where can oh. they, listeners listen? Watch it. You can have a look at any of my work on www.mryanky.com. And it's most of it's up there, I think. Nice. Probably too much. I've told I have to like whittle down and you know curate yourself a little bit more. Well, um, get yourself like a I'm, not a theme, uh, but a, a style. Is that is that what you mean by that? Is like you know your website should have a specific style that you're that you do. No, like I've had had like comments before that you know you should only ever have like four, four or five videos that you've done up at a time and and just like you know take don't be afraid to take the old ones out or just like okay. leave the ones which are most relevant. But I'll, you know I quite that sound like a dick. I quite so, like my videos. I want people yeah. to see them. Yeah, like, why would you? What's the point? Like, um, yeah, I, like, obviously when you when you finish a video sometimes and a lot of my videos, majority of my videos like. You know, they're not no more than like two, like two grand. I think like the most I've had like wow. three grand. It's nothing. That's why I like I end up producing, like self-producing quite a lot of it. But we make it go quite a long way. And I, I, I feel that you wouldn't even really be able to tell how little money. But that comes with like a lot of favors, mm. and that sort of boils back down to that Facebook community and asking people and and like yeah, relying on people to help you out, and that's. That's the, the, these are the projects that I really, really love because like you remember like why you got into the industry in the first place, mm. you know, like when you're on commercial sets, like quite often people are like, where, like it's been going on too long. Where's lunch? Where's that? Mm. Well, because you're at work and you're getting paid and sometimes that magic sort of, I think is forgotten. Yeah. But then being on me, like the one that we were just talking about, the missing one, um, we had this um, focus pillar called called Justin, um, and he's like South from South Africa. We needed someone to help us out. Had no money. He's just like in transition in between, like being South African over here. I think mm. he's probably in South Africa now because of this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Um, and he, I think we got in contact with Suze Cruz or something, and he just got in contact with us, and. And he was like, yeah, I'm up for doing the job. And we were like, that just, just so you know, like we haven't, like no one's getting paid. Like mm. none of the crew are getting paid. We've got like 1500 quid or something like that. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm up for it. And I was like, that yeah, I'd love to have you on board, but I just, just said courtesy, I'm just going to get in contact with my DP and see, you know, <laughs> see, if, see if he's happy to have you. Cause he's, mm. he's not, he's not my department, is it? Yeah. Like, yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Like just a it's formality. Respectful. And, um, and he sent me his CV and he's been like camera operating on like feet, like big feature films in like <laughs> South Africa and stuff. And I was like, fuck, like why does he want to help us out? And he came onto set and I, I almost didn't have him because I was so nervous that he was going to be like kicking off that we didn't have this, we didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was like so run and gun. Um, we almost even got chucked off the location. That's another story. Um, <laughs> But he was like the loveliest dude. Amazing. Like, he was he was just in it. He knew what he was getting into, and he and the um yeah, and he smashed it. And everybody as well. Um, we had like uh, Amber Childs as well doing our makeup, like mm-hmm. big up. Yep. Um, and she brought her sister down. They came all the way up from Brighton. Wow. To help us, like, with no money, and but 
the energy on the set was amazing. Like yeah. it was, there was so much love because everybody was there because they wanted to be there and they were there. Um, yeah, just, just for the film and, and yeah. And that remind, like, reminds me why I absolutely love this sort of industry. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of going to try and try and like cherish that as much as I can mm. while I still got it. Cause obviously as you sort of move up the ranks, maybe or get bigger projects you're not always going to necessarily have that luxury of uh, like to have that vibe when mm. you get client and agency and there's more money involved and you know it gets a serious business so yeah i'm yeah. just loving that i could just say in a few years time it's like you'll be directing and you you know halfway through the morning you'll just turn to the first day and be like when's lunch and then it's like, <laughs> and we'll just have to remind you, we're like, dude, remember the love and the fucking passion. Don't forget that. Yeah, I mean, most of the time I won't even eat when I'm working. I'm too much to think about. Oh, I'm sure you stress, have the energy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When I first started when you, when first you... in, yeah, yeah. You kind of, you, you're like, oh God, I can't eat. And when I first started second, it was like, I can't eat breakfast because I'm, you know, you just had the butterflies and you're just like, mm. if I sit down and I eat, I'm going to miss something and I can't, you know. Mm. yeah man totally get that um, yeah, i can't even remember what what sparked that that tirade i'm sure you just asked me how i was i love it so, but this is this is what i love about the pod like having the chat with the podcast it's not just like mm. i'm sorry you've that I, I need to ask 10 questions and it's three minutes and answer like it, it's it's cool it's your it's your app man and you're you're getting your story out now with that in mind what would you say to your younger self? This is one of the questions I've got down. So what advice have you got for the younger you that was 16 at that point where it just been doing the grind, I've been doing the, the grind videos and you weren't mm. getting paid. What would you say to that you? Um, you know what? I think, at that time, I don't think I'd say much. I, I think I think what I was doing was like pretty spot on mm -hmm. at the time for me. I think maybe a bit later on. Okay. Like, um, are we talking? Are we talking about life? Or are we talking about like industry? Well, like for ladies stuff. I I I, I like to leave it as an open question because some people have got one of each. Or just one topic mm. that they want to, you know, some people, you know, advice to their younger self was don't take acid. Well, that's got nothing to do with the industry, but that's their advice to their younger self. Other people I mean, have got very specific. Awful, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I like to just leave it as an open question because it's, and, and I shouldn't have even said 16. So just what would be your advice to your younger self? Um, I think, I think like strong like strong advice is like maybe to to let's let's go with myself entering the industry because i love my life like absolutely I, like even i went to university i never really used my degree in what i like to to get any work or whatever mm. so let's go like for entering the industry I think one massive thing is just um is like just be yourself mm. like just absolutely be yourself i remember when I first came in, I'm from Essex originally. I mean, some people hear it, other people don't, but my, my Essex accent used to be a lot broader than it was. Mm. But I remember being on like commercial sets and just hearing people being quite well-spoken and stuff. Um, 
like and making I just felt out of place I felt that my accent made me sound stupid um, <laughs> so did you use your phone voice everyone's got a phone voice you know. Yeah, totally. I use I use my phone voice and, and and some like some of it's really stuck. Like I never used to say my T's mid words, like mm. later, matter, water, none of that. It was always water, later, mate. Mm. Like um and so actually, I quite like that. I quite like saying my T's now. Um but yeah, it was just this worry that I wouldn't fit in or be accepted. And in some ways I changed myself for that. And it took me a while to to realise it didn't matter. I can't remember who it was. I think like maybe I might have been on set with like Chris Kelly or someone. Legend. And just and just like yeah, big up Chris. Um, I, I think and just like hearing the way that he he like talked, like he was he was obviously unashamedly like him, mm. wasn't he? Like no airs and graces. And I remember being like, oh wow, like you're you're doing a pretty important job and you seem to just be being yourself. So yeah. I can like learn from that. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. Just like try, like um, try and like be yourself. And also I think like one of the biggest things, like as like speaking to the di- young director in me is don't think or not whether something's going to be shit or good, just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Like um I felt like working in commercials, you're so lucky, like you get to work with like all these incredible bits of kits and rigs and sets and like all these really convoluted ways to get a shot. And then it's done so well. It's done like, you know, it's to huge standard. And then you go to shoot something yourself with like two hundred quid and you're like, Why doesn't it look like this? Like, <laughs> Where's the techno crying? <laughs> Yeah, um, and then you sort of get a little bit, um, yeah, I I felt very, like, um, insecure about showing people what I'd done. Um, And then I think a bit of a going back to, like, lightning bolt moment. There's been a couple, but, um, but yeah, I I was really drunk at home, and I found my old YouTube, like, channel thing it's still out there from when I was like 16 and um I started looking back at the videos that I made and like fundamentally yeah they're not brilliantly crafted at Mm. all they're kind of shit but I was just like it just like brought back memories that I didn't really I if I had an idea if in my head I pictured a crane shot then I'd try my best to to figure out how to do a crane shot and it would it would look nothing like a crane shot but I'd give, I wouldn't let anything, like, put any restrictions in my way. Yeah. Um, and, like, looking back at that, you could just, like, you know, you could just see within the video sort of, like, the honesty and freedom in which mm. I made it. Yeah. And that was just, like, I need, to be, I need to be able to tap into that again. So, in some ways, it's like, you know, you're asking if I could go back, what would I change? I, I, wish, I wish, like, my younger self could maybe talk to my older self nice. at some point and give me and give me some advice. Look that, at that, that, that flipping it. Oh that flip reverse it. Flip reverse. God, Jeez. <laughs> 10 multiplied by um, two plus one. Um, 
Romeo and Dunn. Romeo and Okay, guys, that's the end of the episode. I just want to say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I did, like, I just, so I guess we're kind of getting close. I, weirdly, Zoom has this counter up from the, from the moment that I open Zoom. So it says an hour and 10, but I don't think we've been an hour and 10. But it must mean that we're kind of close to at least the 40-ish minute mark. Okay. And I guess the last Shit, kind of, yeah, I know, the last little the last bit that I kind of wanted to just touch base on was I always love to give the, the, the floor to give any kind of uh, shout outs to anyone or anything or anything like that. But just before we did, when we went into there, I just wanted to touch base on um, what you were speaking about earlier about representation. Um, Cause mm. you, you put the, a, a post out on Facebook, which really kind of, I say open, yeah, basically open my eyes to it all. Um, and I just think it's a really important subject. And I don't feel like I'm, I was going to kind of, I want, I want to hear people's stories about it. Um, and I feel like I'm able to, with this podcast, I'm hoping I can just give as many people from as many different backgrounds and orientation, like all of that. I want to give them um, the chance to kind of speak their truth and speak and give them their voice. So I just want to touch on that before, before the end, if that's cool. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, I guess like if you, if you haven't read, like my Facebook post, um, it was like, well, if you haven't read my Facebook before, I don't really air out personal stuff. Like I said, it's mainly, I need this for a video, help me out with that. Mm. Um, I often feel like with, with, with Facebook, you know, when you read people's opinions, either the people that read them don't want their minds changed at all, or the people that read them agree with you anyway. So I sort of, I, I sort of feel like what's sort of the point, but, yeah. um, in and amongst um, what's going on with the protests, I think the um, how systematic racism is being highlighted and for some people actually being recognised for the mm. first time, which is mental. Um, I and people were watching, so I thought I'll just I'll put up a post. What can I put up? And I just I just listed like the examples of things that I've experienced myself um, when being on set. As a runner, I won't go through them all. Um, I might not even go through through any of them. Um, so, so I guess like there's there's a prob there's a there's a problem on set. Like racism still exists on sets, whether it be blat like blatant in your face, you know, you know, a, a fucking rigor or a grip or whatever saying some pretty fucking heinous shit that nobody speaks up against or whether it's misogyny on set people being inappropriate which happens like far too much mm. um things sort of need to need to change and it's just like one way to do that is to like some people don't don't know they're doing it like some people do need like an education um and i i thought if I put up this post, then, then it will go a little way to at least do something about mm. it. At least it will highlight some stuff. Um, and it got like feed, like I, I posted it on my, on my main Facebook first, but then I was like, you know what? Like if I, if I'm doing this for, for a reason, I should be posting it elsewhere. So I posted it on commercial runners page, posted it on the ADA page. And I've I got like, um, some really positive responses. Good. Like, um, got like speaking with, <clears throat> I got speaking with uh, Jay Arthur, who you've had the pleasure of having on your show. Very legend, man. 
Lovely, very lovely man. Gentle, mm. um, who's who's yeah with the Vector Two branch um, about sort of what we can do to sort of change things or steps we can take. And and Jay's already got like a plan. Like he's got some he's got some incredible ideas to how like how we can work towards better representation on set. I mm. think like the main the main bits are just getting people through the door. Like you know if you've if you've got a diverse set, then you know people like well I suppose the hope is that people will um, become educated through social interaction or mm. like the when the dynamic changes the voice changes on on, on set. Um, so it's about getting people through the door so they can also climb up the ladder, find themselves in a position of power when they're, where they're able to make like, like kind of bigger decisions that have greater impact. So, so yeah, like been talking with Jay about that. Um, been was it easy with... to, and I, and I guess, was it, was it easy to write? Was it easy to post? I know some people... As you mentioned before, you don't really like to post personal stuff, mm. um, and that feels like quite a like a powerful post to kind of be putting up for someone that doesn't really like to open themselves up much online. Yeah, I was just fucking sick of the shit. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like all of all of the stuff that's going on, and with like, you know, I've been on the been on the marches and that, and it's just it's just like, what can what can what can you do? Like you need to, like you know, you you need to like use whatever resources you have at hand. Like I always, like looked at at this problem as such a big problem that what can you fucking do mm. to help things? Like, and sometimes it feels futile. I mean, it's only just now we got those those fucking football hooligans which are going to march down to London to shit on everything. Um, but it's like, what can you do? Like, what, what can you do? And, and I think being like one of, like being one of five people, maybe six people on call box. So six out, I think like five or six out of 140 runners and ADs, there's like five black or brown people. Wow. Like, yeah, and it's 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 sort of reflective on on the industry as a whole. Mm. But I suppose because of that, because I'm one of the few brown people within the AD department, especially in the industry, I think people people know who I am, mm. and especially in this climate where where a lot more people are willing to listen and and to you know, to become allies and make changes that I felt speaking out on Facebook was actually somewhere I like, you know, cause somewhere I could go where I'd actually be heard. Mm. And, um, and like on Facebook, it's like, for me, it's like LinkedIn. I don't really use it for social shit. Everybody on there, apart from people I've met on holiday, maybe all crew members, mm. um, all creative people. So, so yeah. Um, so I thought, I'll get this message out and then people ask me what they can do to help. And I was just like, shit, what can I do to help? Like what, what, what can we do pragmatically? And like I said, like one big thing is like representation, just filling the floor with the people that aren't there that should be there. Mm. Um, part of, like, I think part of this that I've been talking to with Jay is about 
open reach, how to let people know that there's an industry there for them. Mm. It's not something that's really exclusive. Having, like I said, again, like with my, with the way that my, like the way that my sister inspired me by going to the Brit school and doing that. And for me, seeing that it's something tangible, like I know there's been outreach programs before where, where people go out to schools and go, you can be part of the industry. But if you're like a, if you're like a, a, like a, like black kid in London and the person doing that is some middle-class like white dude, you, you wouldn't necessarily be sure they're even talking to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, are they talking to me? Mm. Or are they talking to that person next to you? So it's about like reaching out, but also I think like reaching out and, 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 and showing them the tangibility that somebody like themselves can be within the industry. Um, so, I mean, though, though, like, I literally just had one phone call with Jay Arthur. So this whole thing, I've been just speaking to as many people as I can to try and get shit done. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So if anybody out there like wants to get on board and help me, um, like, yeah, please get in contact at oyanki at gmail.com links in the district description. Um, but rather moves like I just got off the phone with Dan Giblin from like um, for uh, the AD bootcamp thing yep. um, that he does. Um, if you don't know about it, it's just like, almost like a traineeship for yep. runners. Floor runners you know, bootcamp. I think it's floorrunnersbootcamp.com. I know there's definitely a Facebook page. Josie Jacobs um, spoke about it as well. So go and check out Josie's app, um, listeners. Um, I think it's, um, look, look, dude, hey, I think it's amazing. You. And I think, I think what you're going to start doing and, and this, this could be a, this feels like it, it's a lifetime project and it's something that, you know, looking at it, you kind of think, well, you as the 16 year old, you mm. may not have had hundreds of people that you saw working in the film industry, but mm. actually with the small changes that, that one person can make. And if all those one people can make those small changes, then yeah, then it's that having the person that looks like you, that you, that you can relate to. Mm. It's just super important. And it's, yeah. and it's more than just, it's more than this is, this is the little switch that's happened, but it needs to not just suddenly become old news because covid's over and everyone's back to normal and and all the rest of it do you know what i mean so yeah ladies and gents if you can help or if you've got you know what are you what kind of help are you looking for just like yeah so for instance i was saying like dan giblin's just pledged two spaces in his in his boot camp um to for um to help um increase representation so there'll be for specific like for to ensure spaces for women and for like black asian like brown people Mm -hmm. um like within within the course which is like every little sort of bit helps Mm -hmm. um and then i've just been speaking with just runners like paul mcclune um and he like hope hopefully we can like work together to with with this with outreach into because he's already so basically if you don't know what just runners is they they try to create open access to people in the industry for women, um, for different ethnicities, for um, disability, like people that have disabilities as well. So he's like 
just a fallen or fallen time. Well, I suppose what I what I should say, if you want to help, mm. like what sort of thing we're looking for, just anything really. I think the most important thing is that everybody, you know, if you feel that you've got something to offer, then we need to start talking with each other mm. and just and just figuring out how we can how we can help each other and how we can help the cause. Like I said, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I guess, I guess what would be good, like somebody with experience in organizing. I mean, I know, I know I first, and that is an organization job in <laughs> and itself. And I'm a producer yeah. and, and also a creative director. <laughs> but I think like, this is a different kind of organization. Yeah. Like, nice. um, so, so yeah, if anybody wants to for help get, get in contact and, um, as well, what I would say for, I know, I'll be, like Jacqueline, I'll be reaching out to you, AK, Nana, um, obviously, uh, Andrew Vanek, I'm always talking to you. Yeah. Um, but ev- ev- other people of, um, of um, black, and, black and brown minorities that work within like film crew, uh, if, I'm not, if I don't get in contact with you, give me a shout do you nice. have like email descriptions and shit yeah yeah i'll put it in the insta and then on facebook and linkedin it's then a clickable link but on the instagram they can't click the links but yes i'll put mm. i'll put anything that you want in your bio you can go in the bio cool wicked so yes if you're black and brown working in the industry i think like for me predominantly on on set but any department just I just want to, I want to hear your experiences and your ideas for how we can change things. Because as well, I think like the representation thing, getting people through the door, that, that like seems like a relatively easier step Mm. than the more difficult one is like, what can we do now? And how do we change attitudes on set? Mm. Like what language people you like, what language, like, I don't, I don't want to be like a, like, you know, a policeman and say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. But I just, I just think like people are unaware about the language they use, the impact that it has yeah. um, on people, and and like not just to the people that is receiving like these negative comments or actions, but also the impact it has to the other people around you, the influence you can have, and the group mentality that you can create. Um, so yeah, I guess like for example, like. I was speaking with my friend Naomi yesterday and you know amongst friends like so you like you as a sco like you're Spanish I'm brown like yeah I'm African like if we're close friends we might have a joke about you know your your heritage and my heritage Mm. if we're close enough but on set not everybody knows people's dynamics Mm. people don't know how close they are it's like a place of work so if you're making like a, a, race, a racially or sexist fueled joke, then yeah, like it's fine amongst friends, but sometimes you got to think at work, like you don't know who's listening and they don't know what your dynamic is. And, you know, they, they might think that it's common behavior, especially mm. if like you're a runner or something that, and you know, sometimes these jokes get made towards people that even though we are fully grown adults, don't have the confidence to stand up and speak out and, yeah and say that they feel hurt or they feel uncomfortable because, you know, especially like if you're at the bottom, mm. like you, know, you don't want to stir, you don't want to rock the boat. Like, like you don't want to rock the boat. You, you want to be employed again. And, you know, if you're on a set and fucking like David Beckham's just kicking, like, yeah, next year you're kicking the ball, ball around. You think you're in the, 
you know, you feel that you're in the big leagues and so, and and there's one of your senior like seniors like saying or doing something quite heinous, then you're not really going to be in a position to mm. to argue against that or feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, so what I guess what what is my point? Um, yeah, I think I would say like there's too much I think to solve over one podcast, but I'd make a request. <laughs> We're starting though, as you said, it's a starting point. Yeah, I'll very quick guess. Like, let's summarize. Like, um, if you if you want to do anything, then like like find me, email me. Let's just have a chat, even if it's just a a, a brief old discussion. Um, and then as well, specifically people of color, but also if, you know white people want to help. If you know anyone wants to kind of get in touch and see what they can do and have a chat with you, that's yeah. cool. A- anybody not even yeah. specifically people of color like people of color i want like i want well, i wouldn't even say people of color so um so sorry is that so <laughs> no i mean i i you know there, there's and this as well is nothing that will make it difficult for a lot of people because there's some terminologies that like kind of like black and brown people use that i'm not even like sort of 100 on board it's, it is a bit of a mind flaw and it takes like yeah open ears an open mind and just like willingness to listen um, but yeah, I'd say anybody black or like black and brown people get in touch, let me know about experiences, but yeah, it doesn't matter if you're not black and brown and if you want to help, you want to help like, like this, this isn't this, this, this situation is going to be solved by everybody working together. Hmm. So even if you don't know how you can help, what you can do, um, just get on the phone and just, let's just have a chinwag. I mean, I'm all right. Conversationalist. I can drag on a little bit sometimes, but uh, but you never know what would come out of it. <laughs> it's the ramblings. It's like, that's cool. I love, I love it. Cause out of the, out of the ramblings, there's always little nuggets that someone's going to take away. And I love it mm. from the whole podcast, all your story, everything that you've done, the kind of the, the love of what you do, the attitude to just fucking going for it. You know, that story is going to resonate with students media students film students across the land it's like yeah he did you know 16 hour days and he got there by bus and he had to work hard um so i I thank you for one for your time and two for being so open and honest and 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 speaking so eloquently to uh, about everything and you know not not dropping your t's you know that that's the main thing that i want to say (laughs) thank you for (laughs) you know I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate it. So look, last, last, last thing, I always give the floor to the guest. Um, any thank yous, anything that you want to kind of give a shout out to? I step away from the mic. I'm a roller chair. Um, um, well, floor first, is yours. First, first off, like, just going back, like, what we can do to help change attitudes on set. If you really want to, there's some awesome literature out there. Um, Brit-ish by Afwa Hirsch. It's like a brilliant read. Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by uh, Rennie Edo-Lodge. Fantastic read. Um, don't, be put, don't be put off by the cover. And if you are put off by the cover, maybe you should read it. Um, Natives by Akala. If you don't know who Akala is, he's an amazing MC intellect. His mind, the way his mind works is fantastic. Mm. If you want to Google him and see him put any BBC or news journalist to shame, it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I haven't. And I, haven't, I tell you what, one of the best fire in the booths I've ever heard. 
if like if you're going if you if like as a hip as a hip hop fan, so it's like yeah. people instead of me and this and that and the other and Rich free to you know whatever, his fire in the booth, phenomenal, just phenomenal. It was like there was fire, like Li- yeah, all over yes. the booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, he's dude. done. Like yeah. I just yeah, I love his arc. I love yeah. his story. Um, um, but. Yeah, so yeah, so there's some recommendations, and I'd like to like big up POC. So mm-hmm. POC is um, a community that I'm part of, headed up by like, um, like, well, it's like created, started as a WhatsApp group created by like Nana Bemper and Kevin Morowski, who mm-hmm. uh, two incredible individuals. There's a lot more people which are involved and help, but um, who do like the hard work to make sure our community is is represented like represented the best that we can be on mm-hmm. strive for within the industry and that's from everything from the um from where the creations happen at the agencies all the way to the floor as well as fashion photography loads and loads and stuff covering like covering all bases um so yeah i'd like to give a shout out to Pock and as well if if you're um if you are like fall within the black brown or like basically if you're not white look at pock <laughs> we are pock um.com it's a brilliant community that supports each other mm. we like yeah we've had some amazing things yeah like, i gave him a um, familiar so sasha nathwani from familiar did a couple of couple of weeks back now that was one of his outro shouts so all that week i gave we are pock um p-o-c-c.com um the shout out so it's just you know it was, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing, yeah. it, and, and actually, what is it, 2000? Like, it's not that old. And it feels like yeah, it should have been around for a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing, yeah, they're doing amazing. I wish, like, I haven't been as involved as um, I could have I been. And I really mm. want to, like, now get, like, more and, and more involved. And amazing. more, like, it's just a brilliant support network for a lot of people like it's nice to have a space where you can just chat to people and not know that you're going fucking crazy mm. like have somebody like that's going through the same shit as you um like that you can talk about these things and air this air these things in the community as well like i think one of the most things which is most paramount is that um we respect and value each other's opinions you know even though we are like black brown asian um you know it doesn't mean that of course it doesn't mean we all see eye to eye on every little point and mm. sometimes you know there, there's debates and stuff but um we sort of really drive home the, the the importance to listen to each other and understand where each other's coming from and i think if we could take that attitude and and apply that to a wider world then like and on, on set and stuff then then i think we're on to a winner so yeah so so pock like massive yeah massive shout out to park and all the talented souls that are involved in it um big up to jack carr my partner in crime aka mr mr oh, um, lyrics i love you. the lyric <laughs> um, and i'd like to give another shout out as well to my sister she's a spoken word poet um activist check it out miss yankee on instagram um m-i-s-s-y-a-n K-E-Y. That's Y-A-N-K-E-Y. So all the production managers put on, keep on putting my name wrong on a call sheet. 
look at my email address and then look at my name that like that they it. should match. Okay, yeah. cool. I get it all um, the time with my first name. I was like, you, you've just, you've just spelt my first name in the email. And, and it's like, I'm getting like I double S O U S K O I and some with an A it's cool. Uh, I mean, I, I've got more of a chip on the shoulder on my shoulder than you, obviously. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, check out Miss Yankee. She's a uh, very powerful. Oh, amazing. Oh God. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Film gods clap for the end. Ladies and gents, Mr. Atto Yankee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, look, thank you so much for your time, man. It's, it's, it's been amazing hearing your story. Um, it's been amazing hearing your, your passion. And I've just really appreciate you kind of giving your time, which I, I don't even know. It says an hour and 35 now, which is way longer than I anticipated. So thank you for not mm. just hanging up on me, dude. Um, I mean, by the time you cut out all the shit, it will be 20 minutes. Sourdough. People are listening now won't know about the sourdough story because it won't be in. But I'm telling you, it was a cracker. <laughs> Save it for the director's cut. Um, and look, listeners, thank you so much. Um, really, really appreciate everyone's kind of been listening through lockdown. Um, there's, you know, people are coming back to work. Everything's starting to slowly come back and conversations are happening. And we should be talking amongst each other about everything and becoming a community and becoming a film family that is able to, to speak freely and to um, be themselves and be able to grow and give each other the, the, the help that everyone needs. Um, and I just want to send lots of love out to you all. Um, before I kind of ramble on for too much, I'm going to cut it there. I'm going to say my thanks. Um, and ladies and gents, until we meet again, that is a wrap. So that was a chat with the king or queen in the game. I give it a shout at the end so you all know the name. It's the Film Gods Podcast. The what? The Film God Podcast. Yes. So here we go. The outro, as promised, every single person, every one of you 108 beautiful people that has dropped some cashish into the sponsorship. Here we go. So Phil Juma, Johnny Don, Gemma Talent Talks, Harriet Staples, Erin Lodge, Dan Giblin, Ev Careno, Mamababa, Sudi Tris, Duncan Hodge, Ian from Chefs on Location, David Callan, Sean Cotter, the Capo Regime. James Fryers, George Casavetti, Aaron, Aaron Woodbridge, the medic that saved my feet on the day, Miss Katie Smith, Dave Stocks, Jenny John Schwan, Sarah Brixton, Charlie Henderson, Joe Jameson, Mahilana, Colin Hodge, brother-in-law out in Texas, Yeehaw, uh, Nicola Dempsey, TK, Thomas Kelly, Harry Flinder, H-Town, Maddie Easton, Callan Toms, Lucy Lou Kelly, Alice APC Carter, Luke Goodrum, Jason Bradley, Gwen and Galito, John Yates, Carlin Katie, Adrian Smith, Matty Master, Mark Gibson, Helen Ball, Alexandra Vocal, Mikey Lavelle, Cat in the Hat Neighbor, Ahmet Hussein, Sam Brown, Coolbox, Matt Rounder, Robbie DeGale, Emma Garrett, Gareth Carruthers, Robbie and Nikki, Big Big Love, Steve Colgrave, Jess Wiley, Eve Coles, Jess Horn, SJM Rob, Keep Safe, Jonathan Sidwell, 
Sam Jackson, John J. Driscoll, Steve Caducci, Luke Frazier, James Collins, Katarina Armour Brown, Daisy and Alex Bates, Tony Crouch, Dave Fogarty, the man that wrote this tune, ladies and gents, Mr. D. Gray, Claire Legg, Brett and Rachel Levy, Gwen and Carlito, Brian Goldstone, and Andy Hodge, Kat Irvine, Nick Barber and Flo Ryder, Nick Forrester, Sion, Sammy C, Alan Convey, Nick and Kath, Anna Draper, Georgie Buxton, Jamie Russell Flint, Johnny Don, again, dropping double, Bizzle, Russell Curtis, Cy Lakos, Lucy Gossage, Max Methley, Ed Kello, Clara Paris, and Will Nichols. Ladies and gents, 108, we're going to keep it going for another week. Wow, I felt like I should have wrapped it a little bit, huh? Right, so Harry Flinder, Callan Toms, a Lucy Kelly with the Jason Bradley and Adrian Smith, Mike Marston and Marky Gibbs. I should have figured out what rhymes. <laughs> well, look, ladies and gents, thank you so much. If you're still listening now, I feel like Jay Cold. Oh, my outro crew. Um, big, big, big love. Um, see you soon. Still listening. Oh, imagine there's probably going to be no one listening to this right now. I'm basically talking to myself. Um, but the walk, the walk was tough. The walk had its moments. It started well. Um, got to Black Island after about six hours, which it was so hot. It was just so hot and I had to stop and get more water and more water. Got to Black Island, Sam Jackson was there, a PM and a job, and AA Ron um, just had like a bag of tricks, Lucas Aids and all the bits and bobs and everything there to, to help me get through. Um, so for him, I will be eternally grateful for kind of making me feel like it was the start. And then Jay Lusser turned up at Black Island and just pushed me because I could, I could have seriously I could have just walked that last that that I felt like I wanted to just start walking once I left Black Island but he pushed me and had such a speed on him um, it was great got me up and over that South Circular um, got to Kew Bridge jumped on the towpath and then about four hours later yeah three four hours got to to richmond and um and will nichols then was there as a savior to help me when i was just it was all starting to become physically and emotionally really tough um so jay will aaron a a ron if you're still listening here you have got a very special place in my heart <laughs> that will never disappear um that will never ever disappear so you gentlemen are scholars and angels amongst men um got home the wife had kept the kids up all got a little bit emotional but big love thank you all so much for for the money and um bring it on let's see what we can do next year big love